Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have explicit yet soulful conversations about every facet of human sexuality. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com for our complete podcast archive. And while you are there, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free and sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials, for actionable strategies you can get started with right away to start optimizing your sex life and building a more fulfilling love life on your own terms. All right, before we get started, we have a fabulous episode for you today about male bisexuality and being bisexual and married and how to navigate those tricky waters. Before we get started, two quick announcements. One, I would love to thank our friends at getmod.com for sponsoring this episode. At getmod.com, you can build your own kit of modern sex essentials. We'll tell you more about them a little later in the show. But for now, remember getmod.com. Use the code PLEASURE for 15% off your order of lubricant, condoms, toys, and more. We will tell you more later in the show. And we also wanted to let you know we are part of a collective of independent sex podcasts. It's called Pleasure Podcasts. Love the name, of course. And this is a group of independent sex podcasts that bring you smart and funny and thoughtful conversations about sexuality. Check out all of the shows over at Pleasure Podcasts. And here is a little taste from our friends at one of the shows, Sluts and Scholars. Here's our friends, Nicoletta and Simone. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And together, we're Sluts and Scholars. Every Thursday, we drop a new episode and probably your pants. Our guests range from Nina Hartley to exes and Dita Von Teese to sexual trauma therapists. So join us weekly to talk smart and fuck smarter. All right, so pleasurepodcast.com, and you can fill your podcast feed with smart conversations and always come home to us here at Pleasure Mechanics. All right, let's get started with this episode. I'm excited about this episode. Every once in a while in my email box, I get a flurry of emails about the same topic. And it's been the summer of male bisexuality for some reason. I'm getting this whole cluster of emails about men exploring their bisexuality and their desire for other men. But most of these men are already in relationships, most of the time marriages to women. So what do you do with these kinds of emergent desires when you're already in a committed relationship? There's a lot here to unpack whether or not this is your specific situation. The themes we talk about through this lens are relevant to all of us. So Charlotte's going to get us started by reading the question. This was slightly adapted from a listener question. I adapted it for anonymity. Um, and you'll see why as she gets started and we will go from there yes lovely all right hi dear hello (laughs) here we go hey you two first off i'm pretty new to your podcasts and i must say i absolutely love them some of the techniques i've heard discussed i have used in my lovemaking with my wife i let her know about how amazing the podcasts are and have her listening now now to my question 
My wife was my first love and we have been married for over 25 years. Through the years and having kids, our sex life has had its ups and downs. About 10 years ago, my wife opened up to me about her bisexuality, which has taken her a long time to come to terms with. Remember that we are both one another's first love, so we have zero experience outside of our marriage. She has told me that she wants to experiment with these feelings, and after some good discussions, I told her I think it's a good idea, but that isn't what my question is about. Here lies my issue. Society says that it's okay for a woman to feel this and to be bisexual, but for the last several years, I have started having fantasies about men. It started as a, hmm, that's kind of hot, to exploring bisexual male-male-female threesomes, erotica, movies, and just my own fantasy in my head. It very quickly moved away from fantasy to a yearning desire to have an experience myself. I have never thought the stereotypical does this make me gay question, because no, it doesn't. I love being with my wife way too much and love women in general but I also want to have a male-male-female threesome with my wife and another man. She has told me before that she finds gay porn hot and watches it often. I don't want her to think it's something that she did wrong, that I'm gay, that it's a clever way for a two-woman threesome, or that I even want another woman. It's just that I feel I need to tell her because we are so honest with each other. Any advice would be amazing. Thanks again for all you do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. So. So this is a rich one. It is. And this is a conversation from the beginning. I want to acknowledge the difference between the advice we would give in an ideal world, in an ideal sex culture, versus the real lived experiences of most people. Because what we know is that for many marriages, the disclosure of bisexuality would be the end of the marriage. There's a lot of stigma against bisexuality, still against queerness in general, and specifically about male bisexuality that would be threatening to a lot of wives. And we just want to acknowledge that and situate the rest of advice we give in that framework. Sometimes when um, books or experts give advice, um, I just try to think about people's lived reality yeah yeah and how for so many people like this couple and when i say i edited this email it was pretty small that i edited um so this couple seems like they have a real foundation of communication of honesty of disclosure they've been really good friends for a really long time they know each other super well um and so they have a really good foundation to start disclosing parts of their sexuality that may be more challenging to deal with, right? They've done a lot of the groundwork. And I never want to forget that foundational work that couples need to do of just opening up the topic of sexuality, being able to talk honestly about sexuality without getting anxious or fearful um, or accusatory or reactionary, right? So let's just keep that in mind as we go through this topic. Um, The topic of male bisexuality is very triggering of all of these feelings of anxiety and fear and what ifs, right? Okay, so maybe that's a good place to start. Why is that? Why 
um, do we have this sense that female bisexuality is more acceptable and more normalized and male bisexuality is still much more threatening and stigmatized? What's your take on that? I mean, I think in a lot of ways people don't still don't take uh, queer female sexuality that seriously. Like the idea mm-hmm. that because there is no penis, that it's actually not real sex and it's not that threatening. Mm-hmm. Whereas because with men... And it's just like a sensual, playful pajama party kind of thing that women do together <laughs> right it's kind uh-huh. of sweet and great and as long as that desire for the penis and for the male is still there it still kind of validates heteronormativity is that yeah and it and it often mm-hmm. fuels male desire so and they would like to be a part of it and watch it so it's still something that excites them uh-huh. um so it's always within that context and then the other take on it is that the stigma against male bisexuality is really fueled by homophobia and about that fear of homosexuality and of anal sex and the gay menace. So I think that's an element of it. And then the third element, I think, is science telling us that female sexuality is more fluid and it makes sense that women would be attracted to other women. But as soon as men express an attraction to other men as even a part of their sexuality, they must be all the way gay mm. because male sexuality is more static and less fluid and more fixed. And we have the science of sexuality reaffirming this all the time and the lived experiences we have reported to us in this anecdotal side of the field of sexuality does not affirm that male sexuality is just as complicated and nuanced and ever-changing as female sexuality and so a lot of men are caught in this bind where they know they like women they're like i love pussy i love fucking my wife But the idea of being sexual around another man excites me. What does this mean about me? And this cluster of emails I got, some of them were about really fantasizing about oral sex with other men and just wanting to suck cock. Some of them were about pegging and wanting anal stimulation. So the form of these desires varies. But so many men have sexual desire for other men. And the thing we don't often talk about is in porn, how prevalent the penis is in porn. This desire is built into the porn industry. It's just not acknowledged. It's like the camera is so fixated on the women and on the pussy that we can pretend that that's the only turn on. But the presence of penises in porn is part of the turn on. Okay. So what I want to say there is this is very common. This is very normal. This is very, um, like it's within the healthy range of normal of male sexuality and even male sexuality that acknowledges itself as primarily heterosexual or bisexual. And the stigma against bisexuality creates silence and that silence creates more shame, which then reinforces the stigma. And that's the ugly cycle we're caught in. And so for a lot of women, if their male partner partner of many years was were to confess bisexuality all of these insecurities come up well he must be gay I'll never be enough for him um what if he gets AIDS gay men are considered vectors of sexually transmitted infections um women worried like they'll just never fulfill their partner's desires and so all of these anxieties are triggered kind of all at once so this is a loaded topic A lot of men who are in this situation where they have this desire then go on and have unsafe, secret sex, and that's where the risk happens. 
And that's why it's so important to talk about it and to be honest about the kind of sex that you'd like to have so that you can make choices that are safe and taking care of your family and not putting you or your family at risk. Right. There's so many ways to baby step into this and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think what you're saying is when kept secret, these desires can be hijacked into high risk, compulsive kind of sexual behaviors. Right. So we can see how that secrecy and shame actually creates the high risk, high risk situation. It's not necessarily the desire that is high risk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So disclosure. Right. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things I want to really focus on here is baby stepping into the disclosure and certainly the exploration of the disclosure. So as I said, at the beginning of the show, this couple already has a huge foundation in talking about sexuality together. They're listening to this podcast together. And we've said this before, but listening to sexuality podcasts and then discussing them is a great way to strengthen that skill as a couple, because you can talk about ideas as abstractions, as ideas, as concepts, and not as these highly charged personal secret disclosures, right? And you get that practice in, and then the really intimate conversations become easier. So there's that level of foundational work of talking about sex, growing your comfort, And then, as they did with her bisexual desire, rolling it out over many conversations and exploring what it means and what it doesn't mean. So it means I find these things hot and I get really sexually aroused. It does not mean I want to dissolve our family and go live with a man. It means I might want to have a three-way once in a while. It does not mean I want a second primary relationship, right? So really unpacking about what it means right now, because we also can't promise how we're going to feel in the future, which makes some of these conversations scary. Like if we open this door, how far will we go? How deep will we go? And we need to remember that these conversations also are situated in a culture that gives us a lot of anxiety about sexuality, Like your wife might be thinking, do I have to tell my friends that I have a bisexual husband? Because then all of their imaginations and all of their fears and anxieties are projected onto your marriage. So you might want to have a conversation about keeping this private, right? Which is different than keeping it secret. Privacy just between the two of you is something you can hold and cherish together and explore safely before rolling it out to your whole community. Right. So there's a lot of conversations to have here. And then you can start the conversation about what kind of baby steps could we take into exploring this together? And that might be as simple as like watching some gay porn together. How would that feel? You mentioned she likes it. How would it feel for you to share some of your favorite porn and some of the imagery you find hot and just be in that hotness together and you're triangulating it through the media? That could be a safe way to start. And then talking about what you find hot, like what elements of the sexuality that you're seeing mm-hmm. really evoke desire for you, because that's such great and useful information and mm-hmm. lovely to share with a person. Mm-hmm. Before we continue on, I would like to thank our sponsors at 
getmod.com. That's getmod, M-A-U-D-E.com, where they create beautiful customized kits of modern sex essentials packaged beautifully in modern designed packages that will fit beautifully on your bedside table, and then they ship it all discreetly to your door. Go to getmod.com to explore their organic lubricants, their beautifully designed toys, their condoms that are in these beautiful single wrap packages. Head on over to getmod.com to create your own custom kit of modern sex essentials and use the code PLEASURE for 15% off your order. That's getmod.com. Use the code pleasure. And thanks again to our friends at Mod for sponsoring this podcast and making our work possible. Cheers. I do have, I have a little book called How to Have a Threesome, which we wrote a few years ago um, just in response to so many questions about threesomes. I finally was like, I just need to write the book so I can forward it to all these people asking about threesomes. Um, but in that book, I roll out some baby steps to threesomes, and I talk about kind of the imaginary third, how you could bring a sex toy into bed with your wife and using like a phallic sex toy, talk about the third person that in bed with you and filling her second hole and that maybe you suck that cock while she kind of embodies some masculine energy and you can have a whole three-way with an imaginary person and this can become kind of like a dress rehearsal for three ways where you can explore some things that might trigger jealousy but before an actual third person is involved and you have to do all that varsity level work of dealing with a third person's emotions and a third person's insecurities and a third person's needs and boundaries Having a three-way is an advanced sexual skill um, because you have more feelings at stake, right? And more bodies to please and manage and hold with respect. Um, But when you have an imaginary third, you might hit that place of like, oh, whoa, whoa, like I never said I wanted to be pegged by this person, right? And then you figure those things out before you're in real-time three-way action, So that's an option. What about triangulating it with an online relationship? Would that feel safe if you were a part of online communities and could flirt and chat and exchange pictures with real people around these desires, but it wasn't in real life? These are all different solutions for different couples at different parts of their relationship. And how old your kids are, what your other responsibilities are, how much free time, how much money you have, these are all factors in what will make sense to you, and that's for you guys to figure out. So the idea is that there are so many different creative solutions to explore this desire. And owning it. Uh Uh-huh. Like Uh making it an integrated part of your sexuality that's welcome and a source of turn on. And joyful and celebratory. Right? And so instead of being like, oh, that bisexual desire is really inconvenient and it doesn't fit in my life right now. So I'm going to cram it in a hole, Uh beg your forgiveness, (laughs) and let it like fester Mm. and be unnamed and shameful and a source of anxiety. Like how do we slowly welcome it and integrate it? but with an acknowledgement of what makes sense to your lived reality, your relationship, your family, what is at stake? 
you mean yeah. don't go so far out that you you risk your family but how do you gently gently explore these experiences and desires so that it can enhance your relationship because after 25 years of marriage it's also refreshing to have something that is new mm-hmm. and slightly edgy and mm-hmm. challenging but also rich because you're being authentic and sharing mm-hmm. intimate truths which then strengthens your relationship so there's a way that it can also uh, build more desire within your relationship through your disclosure. What I also love this about long-term relationships is you feel a confidence that you can take it slow. Mm. Sometimes I feel like when you have casual anonymous sex, there's this rush to kind of do it all at once and you're in this frenzy, which can be hot and fun. But when you're in a long-term relationship, you can look down the tracks and think, all right, we can watch some porn together. We can slowly roll out the sex toys and the fantasy and the role play. Maybe then we'll have some online chats with a third person and that might be six months from now or a year from now but you're together slowly unwrapping this delicious package of desire with each other safely and deliberately and mindfully and writing to the pleasure mechanics when any issues come up (laughs) for further advice but um treating this with love and reverence instead of shame and secrecy and anxiety But that takes work and that takes communication and that takes both of you being at a certain level of being open-minded and curious about one another as sexual beings and the acknowledgement that each of ours, all of our sexuality is bigger than any one relationship can ever meet. And that is a paradox we all must sit with and we all must manage. How do we manage the paradox of a big, vibrant, healthy sexuality within the commitment and dedication of a long-term relationship and life's very real constraints of time and energy and resources. May all of our sexualities be bigger than we have the space to hold in our lives. (laughs) That's a source of imagination and fantasy, and that is what stretches us. But we then also must come to our schedules and our date books and our time and our energy with one another and say, all right, what makes sense in this sex life with each other right now? That's beautiful. So you're really speaking to this idea that our yearnings hopefully are always larger than than each other. We live in such a romantic, obsessed culture that the I, thou, you, our relationship is everything, is, is held up as the ideal. And we really want to remind us all that we think that is an illusion so that we feel safe and secure. But the truth is that we are all complicated beautiful erotic creatures that have a lot of desire mm-hmm. and that that's healthy and that that can be safe especially when we share the all the different facets with somebody that is a that is its own journey mm-hmm. and we we want to cultivate a world where that is welcomed where we are allowed to have all these facets and that we share them and we we don't necessarily live each of them out that is for you and your relationship to discover if, if it can hold that, but certainly you can explore it through sharing mm-hmm. your fantasies and then together you can decide if you are ready to explore it and mm-hmm. at what level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging that the fringe, the edges of our desire is where great things are possible, right? You might be standing on a riverbank and watch a sailboat go by and be like, that looks really fun, Mm. but you've never stepped foot on a boat before. And if you catch that desire and hold on to it, maybe you sign up for a boating class 
you know, for two hours at the community college and you catch a taste for it. And 10 years later, you're sailing with your wife. And if you hadn't allowed yourself to feel that yearning, lives can stay very small. But somehow with the sexual, we're encouraged to keep things small and safe to protect what we have and to protect that security of our commitment, I think, especially when family is at stake. So how do we create the culture of the family that allows for the yearning and the expansion and the growth together? Well, also the eternal having, question. Well, also having the commitment and the love and the devotion within the family yeah. unit. We are yeah. very committed to that. Yes. So how do we have it all? All right. <laughs> to be continued. I hope that helps. Did we cover it all? Hmm. Okay. So within this question, I think there's all of the questions about the stigma around male bisexuality and the bigger questions there about why does that trigger so much anxiety for us as a culture? How much homophobia is built into that? What ideas about male and female sexuality being more or less fluid are built into that. And then the core of this question is, how do you both support your ongoing, committed, monogamous, maybe relationship, your marriage, while acknowledging desires that emerge in you? And how do we integrate these desires in a safe and meaningful and respectful way so they don't run amok and hijack us into compulsive behaviors that we're not proud of, but rather nourish our sexuality and fuel the couple, like fuel your marriage sex, make it a hot part, even if it's just dirty talk, even if it's just once in a while your wife pulls out like, yeah, I wish you had another guy here with us, huh? What would you want him to do to you? It could be just that. And just acknowledging that and bringing it into your sex life could add both a little more pleasure and a little more kind of integration and sense of belonging in your sexuality, that you are safe, all of you, in your marriage. And that goes a long way, I think, towards confidence and self-esteem when all of us are held with respect and love and you feel like you've won the marriage lottery. And this is sometimes how I feel with Charlotte. Like, I both get this amazing partner and I get someone who sees me as much more expansive and complicated and mysterious and we get to continue an IU and then we get to continue to learn about each other for a lifetime and we are mysteries to be explored together and go on these adventures together rather than like an object I've claimed and now need to cling to. It's a different imagination of the marriage contract and I think we want to keep talking about this and exploring it together as a community, yeah? Yeah, and just to be clear, that is scary. It is risky. It is it is edgy. Even for you? Yeah, in moments mm. it's like, oh, that, that's a bit uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It just mm-hmm. means that's uncomfortable. And then, mm. what, and then you have to have some bravery and some courage and some self-esteem and acknowledge when it feels, when you feel insecure or when you feel concerned about things and then you keep talking. But it creates a more expansive relationship and a more expansive life mm-hmm. because everything is a possibility and that's mm-hmm. a beautiful space to live in. So Yeah, and we hope to guide you on these conversations and be right there with you. We have much more coming about this down the road. Um, I just remembered our episode about the monogamy agreement, mm. and I will put a link of that in the show notes page in case you haven't caught that 
episode yet. I think they're complementary skill sets here. Um, and come on over to pleasuremechanics.com to check out our full podcast archive. And if you love this show and want to support what we're doing, please come on over to patreon.com slash pleasuremechanics. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon com slash pleasure mechanics and support this show with a sustaining monthly pledge. You get an ad free podcast feed with bonus episodes, bonus resources, community conversations. It's a really lovely crowd. We are gathering over at Patreon. We'd love you to be a part of it for as little as a dollar a month or go up to $25 a month. And I'll start sending you mail every month, which has been super fun. Patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. We'd love to have you on board. Thank you to getmod.com for sponsoring this episode. Head over to getmod.com to check out what they offer. And thank you to Pleasure Podcasts for having us be part of your sexy collective. It's a pleasure. All right, I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.